welcome to episode 155 of Divided by Werewolves. I am uh, joined, very special guest, uh, Jace. Y'all know him, y'all love him. He's been on the show before. Uh, to uh, Let's see, last, uh, last of Us Part 2, I think. Actually, I think it was, uh, I think I did one episode after that, I think. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, with you and Mitch. Uh, yeah. What movie was that that we watched? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Me neither. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, for sitting in uh, for Mitch. Appreciate uh, you joining us. Always always good to have uh, have you on the show. Um, oh, thank you. And I apologize in advance for all of the people that just said nope and tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. If anything, if anything this is going to push our numbers through the roof. Um, all right, so we have a good show uh, on tap for today. Um, so there's, it's funny because there's a lot of stuff you and I watch, and I think like in a group of people, you and I are like the only people who watch some of the stuff that we watch. And it's not like weird, obscure shit. It's pretty mainstream comic book stuff that just happens to be on the <laughs> CW, which... <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be the CW? Who, exactly. <laughs> Who knows if it'll if it'll remain that way. Um, but um, but before uh, we, we kind of get into that stuff, um, the we are going to talk about um, uh, a movie that comes out on uh, September fourteenth uh, in uh, digital on demand, um, and that is uh, the Retaliators. So this is a film. Um, kind of the claim to fame, I think, for this film, or at least the the draw as it was kind of expressed in the PR materials, is if you can like uh, remember, you know, some of the like direct to video action movies of like the '90s that had like a whole bunch of different wrestlers in it. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what this thing is, only for like metal musicians. Um, yes. You I know, like the music. <laughs> so, um, you know, t- Tommy Lee is in it. Uh, there's a few people from uh, Five Figure Death Punch. Um, the uh, the lead singer of Papa Roach uh, plays a huge, you know, part in it. Um, you know, Ice Nine Kills. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of... So not just kind of like metal... Um, um, musicians in the film but then the soundtrack includes you know tommy lee uh you know ivan moody from five finger death punch yep um you know uh so so it 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 very much has that to me when i watched it it felt like and not in a bad way but like a direct-to-video action movie where you know you know these these musicians that all maybe kind of knew each other, or whatever. Just were like, "Fuck it, let's all get together and kind of do our thing." Um, so, so the the premise. So it's directed by three folks: Samuel Gonzalez Jr., Michael Lombardi, who stars, um, and, and Bridget Smith. And the the basic uh, premise: Michael Lombardi plays a pastor. Uh, named Bishop, and I will say, when we I was watching this movie, Mitch and I were texting back and forth, and Mitch's pun game was on point in this I movie. Just imagine because I texted him and said, "Oh, you know, Dante from Clerks is is in it," 
uh, he he the movie starts with the, with the with Bishop the pastor with his his two daughters at a Christmas tree farm, and Dante I forget the the actor's name yeah, um, Brian O'Halloran o- I think yeah he he basically like t- yeah uh, Brian O'Halloran took took their tree. So yeah, the, the, I was and, like, "Wait, that's Dante!" Exactly, people's Christmas tree. <laughs> and and I texted Mitch that I was like, "Dante just stole this guy's Christmas tree." And within like thirty seconds, Mitch responds with, "I'm not even supposed to tree here today." <laughs> <laughs> and it and it just kind of went from there. So yeah, so you know, and he he tells his girls like, you know, you turn the other cheek, whatever. And then you know, he has a sermon about it, about how. You know, this guy was an asshole at the Christmas tree farm, and like, what is he supposed to do? You know, you know, you got your kids there. You're not supposed to just get in a fight in the middle of a Christmas tree farm. And his daughter had been pushing him to be allowed to go out to a, to a party, and he finally relents. She goes to the party, and while she's filling up her uh, car with gas, who does she run into at the gas station? But uh, Joseph Gatt, who I had known because you had turned me on to a show we'll talk about later, uh, Banshee, and in season one of Banshee, when we are treated to a flashback of when Hood was in prison, he had a run-in with a giant jacked-up albino (laughs) Yep, (laughs) played by Joseph Gatt, and that did not work so well for uh, the, the albino character. Well, anyway, Joseph Gatt's coming back from a drug deal in which he kidnapped uh, one of the guys involved with the deal. Uh, the pastor's daughter, uh, Rebecca, hears the guy kicking uh, the, uh, like in the, the trunk, trunk. <laughs> and, you know, tears off, calls her dad. He's like, this guy's chasing me. Uh, she gets run off the road, zip-tied to the steering wheel, pushes her car into the lake where she drowns. So at this point, you know, the pastor kind of starts to fall apart, um, ends up getting approached by the police officer um, who is uh, Mark Menchaka, uh, Jed, uh, who is investigating the murder. And this police officer, not only does he investigate murders, but due to... um, his own run-in with uh, Jacob Jacoby Shadix from uh, from Papa Roach. Uh, his own run-in uh, with uh, with with some criminal elements in his past, and how that didn't exactly turn out well for his family. Um, has a, a a unique rehabilitation process for <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> various uh, criminals, and kind of says to Bishop, like, "Hey, I got a solution for you." you know, why don't you come see what I got going on and you'll be on board. Hopefully you'll be on board. Uh, And then things kind of go from there. So the movie, you know, kind of opens up with this uh, almost like Walking Dead-esque kind of sequence where, you know, there's a couple out in the woods and they seem to be getting attacked by what look like zombies and you see Bishop kind of show up and then get, you know, telling them to run and gets pulled under a car and, you know, then kind of cuts. And so there's a lot of, it's like, it's trying to be, it's like a, like a, almost like a crime action movie, a revenge twist with like a, a, a huge heaping, uh, side of the crazies. Um, yeah, I was a little confused 
at the beginning of the movie because that sequence you just mentioned right Mm -hmm. at the beginning where you know they're driving along the road and then they get like attacked by it looks like zombies right right and then you know he shows up he's all bloody and then he and then he's like he says what he says then he gets yanked under the car Mm -hmm. and then it cuts Mm -hmm. and to like this seemingly like normal like (laughs) like normal movie i was like well, wait a minute. Did I just miss like a, a tag? You know, the tag you yeah. see in the movies that says this preview is for audiences. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, was this a preview or or what? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And 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 so what what you know is as things go along, like the, the different metal musicians, like like Tommy Lee. It's funny they say Tommy Lee's in this movie. He's blink and you miss it. He's like a DJ at a strip club. Like if you yep. <laughs> turned away to look at something and then turn back, you're not going to see him. And and the folks in like, you know, Five Figure Death Punch and whatnot, they're like all part of because there's like, you know, there's there's a there's gang activity and and this you know this one gang is 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 you know is, is trying to take over for another gang and kills the dealers and you know so there's a there's a lot going on in this movie and I and I I think that it would have benefited from a little bit more focus because i feel like and it's it's almost two hours long so it's it's a it's not you know kind of your typical 88 minute long horror movie there's a lot going on but following all of the kind of the individual threads of okay you've got a pastor and his daughter was killed you've got a cop who's imprisoning criminals and essentially holding them without food and water until they turn insane and then start feeding on each other You've got these two, these rival gangs going after each other and then trying, those are all some pretty fucked up things all separately and then trying to weave them into a cohesive whole given how far out they start. I don't, I don't necessarily think the movie was as successful doing that as I would have liked. Uh, I'm curious to, th- to to know how you felt about it. So uh, I thought it was insane. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it is that, I had, 100%. Yeah, I, I've only read, like, the uh, the synopsis of it going in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, so, so I have to say, I felt I felt kind of bad <laughs> about that. And, and the reason being that, okay, so, like, <laughs> Mitch and I have this conversation all the time. Where we'll hear about some, this is the new hotness, this movie, and I'm not, I don't mean this particular movie, but we'll hear like, oh, this movie is now, it's the scariest thing people have ever seen. And then I'll watch it, and I'll go, I I must be dead inside because this thing wasn't scary at all. <laughs> and so I recognize, due to the stuff that I watch, that it takes a certain sometimes level of intensity, sometimes specific subject matter to really hit me somewhere where I'm like, okay, that was fucked up. I'm not saying that I won't think that a movie is good, but in terms of like being disturbing, being, you know, something that, that gets me like freaked out, it's gotta be, you know, kind of out there. Right. And I recognize that not everybody watches the same stuff that we do. <laughs> so when you were like, yeah, I'll be on the show. And I was like, oh, we have to watch this movie. And I'm just like, well, I know J- Jace, like he's, you know, he talks like, like you know, like a lot of the show, like he watches the boys. He watches, you know, like, so, so he's not, he's not, he doesn't shy away 
from gore and shit like that. But oh, man, I hope this isn't one of those situations where I'm like, no, 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 this movie is fine. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> No, no, it was fine. Like I said, I was a little confused at, at the uh, the beginning sequence because yeah. it looked like if you take the the beginning sequence and then you take like the next part of it, it's like you're watching two different movies. Yes. And so I was actually when it started, having read just only the like the plot summary, which is like you know, upstanding pa- upstanding pastor uncovers a dark and twisted underworld. Yeah. And then it starts out and it looks like The Walking Dead. I was like. Did I watch the right? I was like, did right. they change the screen, the link that the screener goes to, or something? Yeah, what does it look like <laughs> right. Yes, yeah. But then you know when it you know after his daughter you know got killed and everything and it went on, I was like, okay, it started making a little bit more sense. Right. Um, you know, I I liked it for what it was. What what was bothering me uh, at first was like Michael Lombardi, Michael Lombardi. Where do I know that name from? Mm-hmm. Where do I know? That? So I went and I looked it up, and I used to watch Rescue Me. And I was like, oh, oh, that's Mikey. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's Mikey. Okay. I was like, okay. I was like, then I could like enjoy the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've had that happen before. I think the thing for me, and I mean, again, it's like, it, it there, there's some really good kills. Um, there's some solid acting. Um, you know, some action sequences that are pretty good. Like I said, it's got that weird kind of crazies. I love the crazies. Like the, I, I'm probably going to lose some credit here. I actually prefer the remake, um, but I'm sure that'll get me kicked out of whatever clubs are stupid enough to have me be in them in the first place. But um, so, you know, that, that kind of like, because like the zombie thing is like, I feel like is just kind of been overdone. So for this to be like not, zombies like looks like it but not like a, i was like okay that's cool but what like at the what what kind of bothered me is is at the end of the film the pastor goes to the batting cages with his yes. surviving daughter <laughs> runs into another asshole and knocks the guy out and i'm like i don't know if in today's climate this is the message (laughs) we should be putting out there like that this guy somehow who uh, again is a pastor so he's a man of god not the person you would hope to see clocking people at the christmas tree farm right so like the fact that like they seem to to treat his unwillingness to get in a fight in front of his kids as some sort of like moral failing and this experience, this horrific experience he went through with his daughter and, and everything somehow improved him to where now he'll stand up for the sacred rights of the batting cage. <laughs> like, well, like, you know, he was standing up for his daughter and, you know, his other daughter, you know, earlier in the movie said, you know, I don't understand why you don't stand up for yourself because, you know, you watch Die Hard every day. Yeah, and I get you that, know, but but that's 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 how a child looks at the world. Yeah, right. And so it's like, okay, sure, fine. Let's let let's let's take this out. I punched this guy in the face because he took my Christmas tree, and the cops show up. Guess what? Taking my Christmas tree is not a punishable offense. Now I'm going to jail. He's going to sue me. I'm a single parent. Where are you going? Like I understand him feeling. You know what I mean? Like, but there comes when you're an adult. Sometimes you 
not sometimes, you have to be the one making the adult decision. And sometimes the adult decision is to just go, it's a Christmas tree. Like as much as it might suck to think that some asshole got, you know, the better of you or whatever. If you Especially kind of, when it was Dante. <laughs> if it was Dante. I mean, the guy works at a convenience store in his fucking 40s, his 50s. Like, give him a break. He's, he's like, <laughs> he's just rage. He's still, he's still thinking about that snowball. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's been carrying that shit around for decades. In 37. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he's got another movie coming. He's stressed. I mean... I, I just thought that was a weird, and I, I get it. Like I, I, I get it as a just like kind of an action movie type of thing. I just was like, I think honestly, I think it's because he was a pastor, and I'm not saying pastors don't have the right to stand up for themselves, but I also go, I kind of feel like if you're a pastor, you you are the whole point is, even though you still have the same human failings, you are supposed to be held to a higher standard. Yeah, you're supposed to be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Right. So to then just be like, knock him out. But um, anyway, so uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 by no means am I saying this is a bad movie. Uh, I think there's, like I said, there's some really solid kills. Um, there, there's there's some really good setup, some and and some pretty interesting concepts in terms of, especially around the cop and and his his uh, his plan. Um, the execution was not, you know, a bullseye, but I, I, I definitely still think it, it's worth watching. So it uh, comes out on the 14th, video on demand. So, you know, check it out. Um, yeah, this is like a, like a you know, late night Friday, mm-hmm. you know, one of those late night Friday movies that, you know, you just go see, just to have something to do. Right, right. And then, uh, you know, the one part that, you know, that did kind of get me was the uh, the fight at the end with the vice grips. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I hope no. I was like, oh, I was like, I hope I never get into a fight and anybody does that to me because, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. There's some definitely, like, they don't shy away at all from from the um, the brutality of it. And, and, you know, it's too, it's one of those things where, I don't know, um, be curious to see if I were to watch this again. Like, I've talked about this before, and my wife, it's funny, my wife, this is just one of those areas we just don't see eye to eye on. Because I'm always like, sometimes when I watch a movie, I have an idea of what it's going to be, and that's not fair to the movie, because I have to evaluate the movie on its own terms. And so it takes a rewatch for me to be like, okay, I now kind of know what this movie is, and then I can better evaluate whether it was good at doing what it set out to do. Um, so I'd be curious for myself if I were to rewatch this, kind of knowing what it is, um, if if I would just be willing, be more inclined to just kick back and just kind of enjoy it for like this kind of nonstop action-y, you know, kind of gore fest. Um, but, um, but you can check it out for yourself. Uh, on the 14th, um, okay, so we mentioned this, uh, I, years ago, uh, I think you had mentioned, oh, do you watch Banshee? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. You're like, oh yeah, it's a show, it's on Cinemax about this guy, and he rolls into town, and he's an ex-con, and the sheriff gets killed, and he assumes 
the identity of the sheriff. And I, at the time, I I don't even know if HBO Max was a thing. And I found like the first no, it, season. It wasn't actually. And uh, that was like the good old days of Cinemax when. Yeah. Because I would watch Strike Back and then Banshee would come on right well, after. And that was the thing. Like, <laughs> I had found Strike Back on my own, or as the as as the Brits in the show, as the promos like say Strike Back. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched. I found. I came to Strike Back on my own, and I was like, thought I was the only person who watched it. And then you were like, "Oh shit, Strike Back is amazing!" And I was like, "What fuck? Yes, it is." I mean, talk about a show that like completely flips the script between <laughs> seasons one and two. Of course, it's British TV, so season one and two, that's like four episodes combined but <laughs> yeah season one was like six episodes yeah and <laughs> season two was like so it was like eight to ten and it goes on from there but yeah so i think it was like i think at the time it was like banshee it was like one of those things where it was like it was like amazon it was like amazon prime but it was only like a couple episodes and i was like yeah i'll watch it i started watching it and i liked it but then i i don't know if i didn't have more episodes or i started watching something else totally forget about it Fast forward, I start watching The Boys. Did not connect at all. Talk about the difference hair and makeup can do. Did not connect that Homelander, played by the amazing Anthony Starr. Anthony Starr also played Lucas Hood in Banshee. Yep. So, a couple months ago, I finished watching... uh, So, when I watch shows on streaming, I, I usually can only... I can't watch a lot of shows at once. I'll usually pick one or two, usually on the same streaming service, and I'll just kind of go be- between the two of them. And I can't remember what I finished watching, rewatching The Good Place, and I was like, I need a new show to watch. And I'd finished watching Tokyo Vice on HBO Max, and I was like, what else is on HBO Max? And I'll be honest with you, I didn't know until like two months ago that the Max part of HBO Max, was Cinemax. Had no idea. Oh, yep. So I'm flipping through, and I see Banshee, and I was like, oh my god, this is Cinemax. And I started watching it, and I cannot tell you how much I got fucking hooked on this show. I cannot tell you how many conversations I had with my wife at lunch where her eyes were glazed over, because I was like, (laughs) and then Rebecca said to Proctor, like, that's my money. And then Chayton, you know, (laughs) she knows more about, and I, like, and talk, I, I, I finally finished it. I feel like the last season was a little unfocused, but the first three seasons of Banshee are some fucking, once you get past, like you said, it's pure Cinemax. There's a lot of nudity. There's a lot of people having sex for unknown reasons. And Just because they want to. Because they want to. And there's a lot of violence. But, like, it was so good. Like, the character progression of Hood from when he first rolls into Banshee and when he leaves, and not just him, the way that, like, how what they do with Job, what they do with Carrie, uh, sorry, Anna, like, all that stuff. It was so fucking good. Those first three seasons, I thought, were just, like, absolutely fantastic. Yes, they were. And it's a shame the, the fourth season was pretty much they – I mean, they had an ending in, in mind, uh-huh. and they you know, kind of just said, okay, it's – it's time to kind of end the show. You know, we could probably, it's not like we're going to get canceled because, you know, people like us, mm-hmm. but you know, we want to end. It's, it's time for the show to end. We had like a, seems like 
it was like one of the British shows that had like a, I mean, it wasn't, that's not a British show, but in the, in the vein that, you know, okay, we're going to do a show. We have a defined beginning and a defined end. This is how long it's going to run. And that's it. Yeah. And but like, but you know, was was weird is like the fourth season they decided to bring like a Satanist into the mix. That was because every other season, and I'm not saying this was like a grounded show, but they organically flowed from one season to the next. Where the first season is Hood comes back, but then he's also being chased by Rabbit and his guys, and that kind of ends with the big shootout with Rabbit. But then in the second season, they're like, Rabbit's not dead, so it's that continual push to get all that stuff resolved while still dealing with the fallout of folks finding out that Carrie isn't who she said she was, and then Hood dealing with, you know, potentially... Find, you know the, the, this idea that that people might find out who he is, and then starting that conflict with Chayton and the Red Bones, and then that flew that flowed into the third season with um, you know uh, Chayton coming back, and then you know Hood and 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 Anna and Job still they still were doing crimes, so they find this big score, and they're like this is it, and and doing that, so it, it all flowed so well through the first three seasons and then the fourth season they do a time jump forward and they're like hey why not a satanist and it just didn't make sense with everything else that had kind of come before yeah yeah i yeah i can see that yeah so i just uh i was impressed um you know the first episode like i said it was like you know prime friday night strike back had just ended this yep. new show banshee was you know, they've been advertising it, saying it was by the the producers or the writers of, of True Blood and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's like I like True Blood. I was like, you know, it kind of kind of fell off at the toward the end. I was like, mm-hmm. but I but I like them. You know, see what the show's all about. I'm up anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's 11:30 on a Friday night. It's not like I'm not going to stay up and watch Strike Back again. Even right. Though I just watched it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know i mean the first what 15 minutes of it let's see he breaks out of prison yeah he's involved in like a chase yeah <laughs> yep. there's all kinds of shit blowing up <laughs> yep i was like okay <laughs> and and it's funny because like i you know we started watching this last season of the boys pretty late like i i don't you know some stuff i don't mind following week to week you know when we're watching it but for the most part, for streaming stuff, I, I I usually like to wait until there's at least enough stuff under, you know, it, it, under my belt to where if I wanted to 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 kind of watch it all at once, I it would only you know it'd be done relatively quickly. I don't I don't mean like in a day, but and so like the boys we had waited on for for a while, and I think in part because my wife is a huge like huge Jensen Ackles fan, and I think she was just like oh I don't know if I want to have my vision of Dean Winchester changed. <laughs> so so we I'm watching, you know, the boys at the same time that I'm watching Banshee and I just was amazed at how good of an actor Anthony Starr is because yes. I mean, it's not just I mean, he I mean, he's just so good as as both of these characters and I mean, obviously, as I mentioned before, like hair and everything and makeup play a big part, but it's also just how good he is at inhabiting both of these characters to the point where you don't think, you don't recognize him because 
he's so in he he's so unrecognizable in in regards to each other as those characters. Like some people you see them and it's just like Bruce Willis now. Like every Bruce Willis movie that Bruce Willis is in now, he's playing essentially the same person. Yep. Um but he's so different and he's so good uh in both of them for different reasons that I, I think that's in part why I just did not make that connection. Um so uh so my next up is is Warrior because you, yes. you were like that this show's amazing and I was like well fuck he's fucking two for two now so <laughs> based on the writings of Bruce Lee yeah so so is it I see that it's it's got two seasons in HBO Max is it only two seasons or is there just a third and it hasn't come yet uh, the third is coming I okay. think I think they just fil- finished filming and okay. it's in post production okay. but yeah there's only two seasons um, and it's it, it, it's really good. Um, yeah, that that was another one. I was like, I was like, okay, based on the writings of Bruce Lee, that's another one that I was like, okay, this is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch um, Snake Eyes? Uh, which one was that one? Yeah, GI Joe Snake Eyes, GI Joe Origins. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The guy that plays Storm Shadow is the is the main guy in uh, Warrior. Oh, okay. And so you're gonna get to see, you know, all that stuff that he did. I mean, he. He actually does that stuff. Oh, really? He, he's actually a martial artist. Uh, and you're going to kind of, I guess, slight spoiler, but you're going to see him anyway. Um, the guy from, what was it? The Night Comes for Us. Oh, yes. Oh, what was the guy's name? Uh, the guy in the raid? Joe, Telsen, Joe Taslin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have a big fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They have a big fight, and it is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. So actually, I'm not going to tell you who comes out on top or anything like that, but uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> awesome. But the whole thing's good because it's not just about like. It, I mean, he comes to uh, comes to America looking for his sister, mm-hmm. basically, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what happened to her, and that's basically how the show starts off. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, this is America in the. What, forget forget which era it is uh, older, but you know, there's the Irish, you know, oh, okay, yeah, take over. You know, there's there's the whole Irish and and Asian, you know, mm-hmm. kind of turf war kind of thing going on, and yeah, okay, I think you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, I um, yeah, I it that sounds right up my alley. The night comes for us is one of my all time favorite movies. The fight choreography and the cinematography to highlight the choreography and the way they use camera movements and um, staging and, you know, prop placement and and fight choreography along with environmental stuff in that movie is, like, fucking top-notch. Like, it's my favorite. Um, So awesome. Yeah, so that's next. So I'm looking forward to it. So thank you for that's two now uh, awesome shows that you've you've turned me on to, so I appreciate it. Um, and one other show that we were we were talking about before the show started, and uh, we were both fans of, uh, and we talked about this with the CW. Not sure how well it's going to fare in this odd CW restructuring slash purchase world. Is Star Girl? So Star Girl just started its third season. Stargirl is a summer-only show. 
um, on uh, the uh, on the CW, and it's um, I think Jeff Johns was one of the co-creators of the show, and it basically takes place um, in this town called Blue Valley. Um, this young girl she essentially finds the staff of Starman uh, because the JSA essentially had been wiped out. Uh, she finds out that her her stepfather played fantastically by Luke Wilson. Uh, was Starman's sidekick, Stripesy. And the staff kind of resonates with her, and she kind of becomes Stargirl and starts assembling a JSA of teenagers in town. Um, Joel McHale plays the original um, Starman. So, you know, the first season is kind of figuring out, like, that the, the, the League of Evil or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what they're called either. Uh, it's like coming back together, and, and then there's like the second season, and like Solomon Grundy's in the show, The Shade is in the show, there's a new Dr. Midnight, there's a new Hour Man, there's a new Wildcat, you know, there's Artemis, there's. Um, you know, uh, the, the the gambler, like all of these like kind of Silver Age JSA type heroes are in it. And it's such a it's it's a well done show. The special effects are great. The characters are great. It's well written. It's earnest. It's not like this dark kind of grim, dark fest. It's a very positive show. And it's really, really good. And yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to it. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to like it when I saw the yeah. previews for it. <laughs> well, I, I was like, oh, I, this, I, this is going to be like the ultimate cheese. <laughs> I give all the CW shows, like, they, they get a viewing from me because yeah. I loved Arrow. Um, you know, I, I liked The Flash when it first started. I love Legends of Tomorrow after the first season because the first season was trash, but it got so good. That I was like, okay, I'll give it a try, and I just was like, God damn! Like these characters are so likable. Um, it it it's not. It just it make you know it 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 was just good, um, well written. You know the the um, you know it was cool to kind of see some. You know, I loved seeing you know kind of like these these older you know kind of silver age heroes turn you know brought into more of a modern setting as teenagers like and them kind of trying to figure out well how the hell am i supposed to you know use some of these powers and um yeah i mean it still suffers from the same problem of okay you've got this weird obscure midwestern town that apparently all of these super villains are (laughs) converging on but it made sense (laughs) in the first season as to why because they were trying to bring back you know after uh you know, after decimating the JSA, this League of Evil, whatever the hell they're called, they're trying to basically re, uh, you know, kind of refashion their um, their supervillain group. But um, yeah, I mean, it it's been a consistent. Just like I don't know if do you watch Kung Fu on the CW? No, I, no, I haven't watched that yet. I love that show. Uh, it can be kind of cheesy, but it's also I love it. And that's another show comes back in October. And I'm like, where is this show going to fit into? I know they said they're not making any changes right now to scripted content. So, like, I saw, I've seen tons of prom- promos for the Winchester. So I'm excited to kind of see what Jensen Ackles does with that. You know, Superman and Lois, I think, is, like, the best Superman property we've had in a while. I think that show is fucking great. Um, yeah, I love that show. But it'll just be interesting to see, like, where where this stuff goes. Yeah, um, 
you know, the whole thing with the with the shakeup at Warner Brothers and mm-hmm. you know, they don't know what they're gonna do with you know, with the movies coming out and mm-hmm. for the last the last I read, uh they're like really watching Black Adam to see how well it does to, to kind of like decide the future of what they're going to do. I personally, um, I'm like, I'm psyched for that film because we don't get to see like Dr. Fate full on. First of all, Pierce Brosnan looks amazing. Like the man can still get it. Like yes. I, I wish, I don't think I've ever looked as good as Pierce Brosnan at all ever during my life. But the fact that he's like, I would never have thought Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate, but man, and then like what looks like the ring with his powers. I mean, Hawkman looks great. You know, I, my only concern with this movie is it's like, you know, I don't know. Like you want black Adam to have a personality and not just be, you know, just some guy that's just mad and shoots lightning. Um, I'm personally excited for it because yeah, you know, I am too. We get to see heroes on the screen that we've never really seen before. Um, but I, it doesn't surprise me that that's kind of what they're looking because they could still say to the Flash, "Well, we're not doing anything with it." Although you would have to then ask, "Well, they do have other movies that they're working on, like Aquaman two, and how what how does that play into uh, what their plans are and?" You know how much are they willing to just deep six entirely, having spent the money that they've already spent on it? Yeah, it's hard to know what to, you know, know what to believe because you know they're saying that Ezra Miller, you know, apologized and right. trying to make things right to get the Flash, you know, released, and that there's reshoots going on for it. Um, well, this is always you know, you reshoots. Hear that, I mean, that's a yeah. You know, thing. you hear that uh, Affleck's coming back as Batman in these reshoots. Yeah. That he's going to be part of, uh, you know, the Aquaman reshoots and, and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, so you know, what, what, are we really questioning now if we're if we're going to release these movies or why are we doing reshoots if we're not going to re- if we don't know if we're going to release them? Right, exactly. <laughs> why spend the money? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. mean, it'll and, you know, if you're reshooting them, then are, you know, what are you trying? To, are you trying to make them more consistent and more congruent, kind of like an MCU? Um, kind of thing. I mean, it could just be a lot of times what happens is they just realize, oh shit, we don't have a shot here. Like we need, we, we're at, as we're editing this, we have he, we have A and we have C, but we don't have B. It could also be like you're saying, we're trying to make things more consistent. We're trying to whatever, but um, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, a lot of here's the, I think a lot of people he, I think if people knew how many movies have reshoots, they might not look at reshoots as being a sign that there's something wrong sometimes 100 percent, it means there's something wrong <laughs> sometimes it just means like oh fuck like we forgot to do this or we did it and it didn't turn out or whatever um but yeah uh yeah it'll it's certainly interesting to watch um and and you I mean, hope I'm, that i'm excited to see what they excited to see what they come up with i mean you know yeah. i just i really want them to keep Henry, you know, Cavill is Superman, you know, and I, yeah, I know, love I, him. I, I think he's great. I just, I don't know. If, does he want to be Superman anymore? It depends on what day of the week it is. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, not him being gracious. Cause he just seems like a stand up guy, but I mean, like, you know, it depends on what you read. He's still Superman. Uh, you know, if you read any of the stuff this weekend, um, you know, they're looking at him for Dr. Doom. For the MCU, I mean, uh, wow. uh, you know, I 
I don't know. I think for Doom, I would prefer they get someone that hasn't been in this stuff before so that you can, you don't have to worry about looking past who they've been in the past to see Doom. Because Doom needs to be a big deal. Like, Doom is, Doom can't be a one and done. I mean, he's a staple of Marvel and he needs to be treated as such. I'm not saying he's got to be in all the movies, but you can't just kill him off. I mean, he's Doom. Well, no, supposedly this is uh, Dr. Doom, you know, so these next few phases of the MCU, supposedly Dr. Doom is going to be like like Iron Man was to, to the MCU in the past. Mm-hmm. That w- I'd be cool with that. That that would be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I would be totally all right with that. Um, okay. So enough about movies. So you are probably the biggest Last of Us fan I know. Um, well, definitely not the biggest one out there. <laughs> not the main, well, whatever. I don't I don't gauge who's a bigger fan or whatnot. But in terms of like our circle of people, you're the biggest fan that that I know. And so I know you have uh, Last of Us Part One, which is what what are we calling it? It's not a reboot. It's not a it, it's not a remaster. What 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 would you call it? Having been playing it, I would call it a. a I would call it a remastered remaster. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so so so, can you kind of like walk me through two things? One, like what the draw was for you as someone who's played through, because you played it on the. You've you've played all the previous versions, right? So not not yeah. just the PS3 version, but the remastered one that they did for the PS4. So what what was kind of the draw for you to kind of jump back into this this game again on the PS5? So you know, there was the whole talk about it being, you know, completely rebuilt for the PS5. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Um and I did start it on the PlayStation 3, but, you know, it came out toward the end of the PlayStation right. 3's life cycle. So I didn't finish the original. Okay. So I picked it up, um, remastered on PS4, and that's when I finished it. Okay. Um, I actually went and looked back, so I was like, how long has it been since I played this? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got the trophy. When I got the trophy, it was for, it was in March of 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's been over four years since I actually, because yeah. I didn't go back to it after I finished it because there was so much other stuff coming out. Sure. Um, and then, you know, we had, you know, The Last of Us Part Two, And, you know, I like that more than most people. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I feel like a lot I mean, of, I mean, maybe more than the people that we, we hang out with, but I feel like a <laughs> lot of people really liked it. I mean, and I'll, I'll get into the, you know, part one versus part two sure. here, here in a few minutes, but um I guess uh, I guess what drew me back to it was like you know I had uh, this was probably one of the one of the best games that you know on the PlayStation. Yep. I want to see what they've done with it. Okay. Now, of course, I wasn't going to pay seventy bucks to see what they've done for sure. <laughs> to do it. Um, you know, I, I just think that's kind of I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um, no matter how much I like the game, yeah, you know, I how much agree. I enjoy it and everything like that, you know. People were calling it a cash grab, you know, whatever. Um, you know, whatever. I have Gamefly. <laughs> yeah, 
I it's interesting because I heard some people saying like, oh, well, actually, this is a way for like people at Naughty Dog to get trained up on their tools and whatnot. And I guess if you look at it that way, it's like, well, that's great. But for the consumer, like, why are they paying seventy dollars for Naughty Dog? And I'm not saying that's what Naughty Dog was doing. I'm like, but that argument only holds if you're okay with people paying seventy dollars to essentially, you know, let Naughty Dog train a level designer. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, as much as I like it, um, as much as I like a series and a fan of the series, mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth seventy dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, it's still one of the best games that PlayStation has, uh, like across generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the third time it's been done, right? You know, if you, if by some chance, you know, if you haven't played The Last of Us before, um, or if you know someone who you know, was curious about it. I can't tell you that this is the version that you want them to play. Sure. Um, because it, it, it just really, they, they really did put some work into it. Um, and so, so is it just that it looks better or are there actual like, you know, kind of gameplay improvements? Both. Um, I mean the graphics, it looks really, really good. I mean, Mm -hmm. it looks even better than last of us Two. Oh wow! Really? Huh? Um, and we all know how good that looked. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, Naughty Dog's just showing off every single chance they get with every single frame. Yeah, because that's what I remember about like, like there's certain things just like in, um, you know, like um, with with the Uncharted games, like anywhere, anytime like Nate would like climb, have to climb like a tower or something, or like there's this vista, you're like, well, that's you just like completely flexing and then like same thing with like you know last of us with the um you know with the scene with the giraffes and you're just like that's them you know kind of showing off um so so you're saying the whole thing is just one giant uh chance for them to show how good they are part of it yeah uh and it's and this one is i mean you know it's been a few years since i played the the first one even the remastered uh-huh. but this one is like very very smooth as far as gameplay like especially like transitioning in and out of cutscenes between cutscenes and, and gameplay. Okay. I mean, I thought they did an impressive job with Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm. but they somehow did even better with uh, with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, probably though, the thing that impresses me most about the game is how much it drew me back in. Okay. I mean, so it's been four years, right? Sure. Um, you know, I played through this one. Uh, part two, um, actually went back into part two about halfway through the platinum on that one. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, all these various other games that are just like, you know, visceral and intense kind of thing, you know, basically seen a lot of stuff in four years, right? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So for, you know, the gut punch opening of this game, you know, to just, still be as intense. See, and that that's what I was that's what I was curious to know is there's a lot of very intense moments in this game and I was and I, I I'm glad you mentioned that because you know how much is that intensity still there given that you've already experienced it. That's the thing that surprised me. It is still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was not expecting it to still hit that hit that hard. And do you think that's because graphically it's better or just that the material is strong enough to where it, you know what I mean? Like, like it's just such hard hitting subject matter and material that regardless of having experienced it, you still feel for, I mean, we, you know, we have kids. So obviously anytime you've got a game like that where, you know, you're, 
you know, you're kind of dealing with the loss of a child or you know, the, trying to protect a child, like, you know, y- y- you're going to be thinking, you can't help but think about your own kids and like, well, what would I do in that situation? But sometimes where the impact is is because you've not seen it before. Right. Whereas you have with this one. Right. But then for it to still kind of have that that impact on you. And so another probably another great example is do you remember that sequence in the when you're going through the town and you get caught in that trap? Yes. And you're you're stuck, you're hanging upside down. Yep. And all those infected are coming in and you're yep. trying to hold them off while she's trying to cut you down. Right. Then they start going after her. Uh-huh. I mean I knew it was coming. Yeah. I knew what was going to happen. You know, but either either I forgot how intense that whole sequence was, mm-hmm. or they did such a great job with the way they rebuilt everything mm-hmm. and the atmosphere, you know, graphically, the atmosphere and everything else, that it still caused me, you know, I'd say a pretty good amount of stress. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been funny if, like, they redid the character models to look like everybody in the show. Where they're just, like, it's not a cash grab, it's a tie-in. There's a difference. <laughs> But I was still like, I mean, I knew when I opened the, I mean, you know, I knew when I opened the door, I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like that. But even still, I was like, oh, sh-. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I, I mean, I, I remember I was playing. So, um, we had, uh, just moved to uh, a new house in coming and I didn't have my, um, my, it was an unfinished basement and I hadn't, um, I hadn't, uh finished the basement yet and i had i remember playing the three games that i remember the most kind of playing uh where i had like my makeshift you know game room was um bioshock infinite uh nino kuni which i loved it was the second one was such a disappointment and uh last of us uh those were the games that i played um in that time and i remember um you know, there's so much about The Last of Us that I thought was was great, but I was is also such a like it was one of those games that it's just like, is it fun? I don't I don't know that I would say it was fun. In the same way that if you watch a horror movie, you could be like if you watch Schindler's List, you'd be like, yeah, amazing movie, fantastic. I don't ever want to watch this again. Like I don't ever <laughs> like like unless there's some sort of like, you know. Uh, like a film series, like a lecture or something. I don't ever want to watch this movie again, and and that's kind of how I look at Last of Us, where it's such a gut wrenching experience. It's bookmarked by two completely gut wrenching experiences that I don't know that I would want to play them again. But at the same time, I have found that game. I used to be very much uh, I'm not I don't replay games and I found that I've replayed games and granted they're not at the same uh emotional intensity of Last of Us but I've replayed you know I replayed Arkham City I replayed Arkham Asylum I've replayed The Witcher I've replayed um Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Rogue and the Ezio games and it's like I find that I don't remember as much as I thought I did so even though I've some stuff is familiar there's a lot of it that ends up being new so I kind of look at Last of Us but then I remember Last of Us Part 2 and I'm like 
for me, that was a very difficult game to finish because I felt like it was just there was no sunlight. It was just a layer of misery and then another layer of misery and then another layer of misery. And it just kept, and it just kept pressing down. And it wasn't until the very end. And even then, depending on how you interpreted Ellie going back to the farm, it was either a bittersweet moment where everything she had before was gone or it was a transitional moment where she still had what she had before, just in a different way, and she was moving on to it. Um, right. And I was just like, ah, oh, I don't know if I can do this again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so kind of the, I have to notice all the contrast between this one and part two. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, one thing it, it really shows, like, one thing that kind of sticks out is the contrast going back to it now after part two uh-huh. is like the contrast of Ellie's character. You know, just how much that that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you know, it, it's like okay, she's grown up in part two, right? Yeah, she was only like fourteen in right. part one. Right now, I'm not saying that she was this innocent, delicate little flower in part one. She wasn't, but still, uh, I mean, the, I think the full impact of the world had not really settled on. And I mean, God, you would, I mean, you would hope not. Right. Right. I mean, just playing this again after, you know, after part two, I mean, that just made me realize like how much, yeah, how much she had to grow up and, you know, how much she's probably been through and, yes. And, you know, she's poor girl. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, that was one of the kind of the mysteries of, of one, well, one, it's, or sorry, not of two, but is like, you know, how much did she know? How much of the events of one did did she know? Uh, and, you know, with two opening and, and, and there's tension between her and Joel and, and, and you're kind of piecing together like, shit, maybe she knew more than we thought she did, but then you're still not sure. And so, and you, you realize, yeah, that like, you know, the, 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 one was it, it to two's credit it made uh, to me it felt like it made a lot of logical sense that the girl who started off the way she was in one and ended up where she did in one would kind of be the person she was in two um like i don't feel like they cheated in any way no, in terms no, of not, like no it was just a it's just kind of bringing it to the forefront I yeah mean, you, you know you just, I mean, because the first time, well, not the first time, but, you know, seeing her in part one again, when you first meet her, it's just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So did they re-record any, any voice work, or, or is it all... all I don't think um, they re-recorded any, any kind of voice work or anything okay. like that. Um, you know, at, at, the end of part, at the end of part one, you know, even after everything that happened at the lab... Mm-hmm. You know when you know Joel makes a decision. You know, well, this isn't going to happen. Um, so even when the credits roll in, you know, part one, you know, you mentioned like you know, part two was like misery upon misery upon misery. Part one ended where it's like, okay, well, he saved her. Maybe there's still hope. Maybe there's still a chance because yeah. the whole thing was, you know, she's immune and she's the key to the cure. Right. You know, yeah, he saved her, but we don't find out. And, you know, when the game ends, you know, they just 
like drive off into the sunset or whatever like that. Right. We don't find out until part two that you know it's just like it's like oh hey you know you kill the only person that could have make a, could have made the cure right like one right <laughs> right yeah uh, yeah guess what you you know also guess what she you know he had a daughter who's you know part of this military outfit strike two <laughs> right right and it was just like um you know like you said you know one one thing after another it was part two was very dark yes and it was you know i know that part two was supposed to be more of like a personal story continuing ellie's journey uh, you know on the surface you know at least that's what you know they led you to believe and that she was going to be going for revenge mm-hmm. um and when they really dug down into it, what they're really showing you is that they're showing you that, you know, Joel's death triggers Ellie's crusade for revenge. So with Ellie, you're seeing what happens when you start to take on, we start going after revenge. Yes. And with, with um, Abby, you're seeing what happens. Okay, well, this is what happens when I get my revenge. Right. Well, get, okay, I got my revenge. Now, you know, the guy that I'm supposed to love doesn't want anything to do with me. Right. Got this other girl pregnant. My friends are either my friends either don't want anything to do with me or are scared of me. Right. Um, and then they end up getting killed because right. of a because of I took revenge on someone. Right. And so he, you have those kind of like two sides of the coin. Right. In this one story, and that's just kind of you know the whole thing. But then it's like, okay, well, there's still a virus out there, guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 but you know what at the same time you go well I mean there comes a time when I don't know it's like I don't know it's hard in, in, in something like this like I <laughs> you know it, prior to covid I think that any any sort of game or movie or TV show that has like a zombie outbreak, you'd be like, they would never stop searching for the cure. And now I'm just like, yeah, they'd figure out. They'd be like, well, just don't get bit. That's it. Just don't get bit. Like, we got to find it. We can't let zombies rule our lives. What, are we going to live in fear of zombies all the time? <laughs> Come on, guys. Get back on the plane. It's fine. Just... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like the, the, the degree to which it would so quickly turn... <laughs> just like, well, it's fine. There's zombies. <laughs> it's fine. You, yeah, we mean, can reopen schools. <laughs> like, just, yeah, I kids mean, are it, showing signs of being zombies. Just keep them home. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, give them two weeks. Give them some medicine. <laughs> exactly. Get, get them tested. <laughs> right. Exactly. We got free zombie tests. We're gonna send. They're only free for the next two months, and they're probably expired. But you know, the post office will send them to you. <laughs> Yeah, COVID definitely reframed my idea of, of what a zombie apocalypse would look like. Now it's just everyone lies down and is like, yep, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so probably the big thing between the between the two games is, you know, it's no secret that I like part two a lot, you know, uh-huh. even after the direction it went. Uh-huh. You know. Um You know, but I do have to say that playing this one again kind of highlights the things that we're wrong with part two. Uh, you know, I know it was, you know, a different story and it was supposed to be more personal and they wanted to do a lot more. And I get that. And I enjoyed that for what it was, but playing this again, I mean, I still go back to my, okay. Part one was like, like lean and yeah, it's lean focused. and mean part yeah. two was entirely too long. Yeah. 
Um, right. You know, and I'm pretty sure that by now everybody knows it's because they make you play as Abby right. for six to eight hours. She killed the main character. Yep. The, I mean, Joel was not a hero. Joel right. was just trying to survive, but he was he was who you played in the first game, so you had this connection with him. Right. Um, and, you know, for him to... I mean, they often within like the first two hours of part two. Which you had to know was coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody knew he was going to get it. Yeah. But I don't think anybody expected it to be that soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Yeah, you know, un- unfortunately, like I said, it kind of highlighted the things that that people didn't like about part two. And, um, you know, I, I still like part two quite a bit. Um, but it was just, you know, what would have happened if, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think it, I mean, I, I think it comes down to, you know, they had a, they had a story that they, they wanted to tell and, and, um, I don't necessarily begrudge them for that story. It seems like, a logical outcome from the events of two. And if you're trying to show, you know, kind of a continuation of Ellie's journey, I mean, when you are living in a lawless society there where things have completely broken down, the idea of, you know, revenge for, uh, you know, like an extreme act of violence and then wanting to follow it up with another one would be, pretty commonplace so this you know kind of an exploration of what revenge does to a person and that getting revenge doesn't mean closure i don't i think it's worth investigating it's just the the length to which they went and i think you might have still been able to do that and tighten it up some to where because i was unclear you're playing as abby for so long that it's like i understand what joel did to her dad but i don't i didn't know where my sympathies were supposed to lie and you're making me play as this character uh for so long am i supposed to sympathize with her because she doesn't come across as a particularly sympathetic character in the game so it just to me felt like i don't know as a player like and so many like you know you are as a player like you're you're giving me the vocabulary with which i can communicate with people in this game and it's it's basically killing them that's it right so like you know on the one hand like we're playing as joel and the game didn't give you it's not like this was like a mass effect where you like you could have chosen to save or kill rex and right. then you, you, you choose to save him, and then Mass Effect 2, they're like, no, 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 Rex is dead. And you killed him. You're like, what the fuck? No, I did not. Right? <laughs> like, like, they don't give the player a choice other than just not playing the game. And so I understand, like, so then, like, you're, it, you're making me play as Abby, and I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this because I didn't want Joel to die. And you killed him. Now I have to play as you. Am I supposed to feel bad? Like, what am I supposed to do in this? And then I'm playing as Ellie, and now I'm supposed to be going after her. Like, what? Who am I supposed to sympathize here with? Like, who am I supposed to be invested in? And that, to me, is more where the 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 problems with the second one come in. Aside from it being long, is just I. I didn't know who, as a, as a player, I was supposed... And if it's just you going like, oh, well, you can... Now, you know, we want you to, 
to appreciate both of their viewpoints. I'm like, well, they're they're both wrong. Like neither one of them should have responded with a death with trying to murder another human being. Right. I think it was they just went too deep and got too complex. Yeah. Which happens. Yeah. Hundred percent. Because I mean, the whole thing was Abby saving you know Lev and his sister, and then she ends up looking out for Lev. Yeah. Kind of like Joel looked out for Ellie. I mean, right. not the same circumstances, but I think they kind of wanted to, you know, build that right. build that kind of relationship with them, even though it right. wasn't nearly as deep or anything as um, Ellie and Joel. But it's like, hey, now Abby, after everything, has someone she cares about, and here comes Ellie looking for revenge. Right. <laughs> and she threatens to slit his throat if Abby doesn't fight her. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so you you plan on finishing it? Yeah, I plan on planning on this before I uh, send it back to Gamefly. Okay. Um, and you know, I probably will end up, you know, buying it at some point if it's twenty bucks or something like that. Um, God, I, I gotta imagine it's gonna be free on PlayStation Plus at some point. I would think so, but you know, it comes in at seventy bucks. But hey, you know, Returnal, you know, it's still seventy bucks, and <laughs> yeah. it's on PlayStation Plus uh, Extra. So there you go. Yeah, at some point I have to. Fi- I, I I looked at the price to upgrade, and I was like, Ugh, I don't know if there's enough there now for me to justify that, rather than just like you said, using GameFly to just grab something. So I keep so an eye I on it. I actually finished. Uh, I actually went back and did the director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima since I had extra. Yeah, because so I had good. done uh, Iki Island. Yeah, yeah. That one I thought was weird expansion because I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about his dad. Because they don't really paint his dad in a very sympathetic light in the first one, and then they certainly don't in Iki Island. And I was like, I, 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 that one I felt I loved the game. I, I played through the first one twice, um, and I still, when I finished that expansion, was like, I don't really know like how I'm supposed to feel about this guy. It certainly didn't change anything about Ghost of Tsushima proper, um, which doesn't have to be the case. Uh, but I, I just was, uh, you know, I was kind of like. I liked being back in it, and I liked having more stuff to do, but I didn't feel like it really did anything to like illuminate like his father or or Jin's character. Um, it just was like, oh, here's some backstory. His dad had it rough. And you're like, okay, <laughs> good to know. It's like this uh, is how people see his dad. It's like, okay, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um. Okay, so real quick before uh, we uh, we wrap up the episode, I've been playing um, the Saints Row. I guess you would call it a reboot. Um, I've never played the Saints Row game. I loved Saints Row two, three, two and three were the big ones, um, and like Saints Row one was just like this GTA San Andreas clone. Um, you know, it basically was just trying to be San Andreas. But then two, you know, two had this really good mix of like kind of over the top and then pathos. Like some of the storylines, it was still the same thing. It was like you know, you're you're in a town, you're you're starting up your gang, you're taking over territories from other gangs. But like some of the the storylines were actually really good, and 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 some of the the way in which they handled like the death of other characters and stuff was just like really well done. Um, it it still suffered a 
it was a little racist <laughs> in some place. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, here's the, you know, this is the yellow district, and it's all Asian people, and they pop out with samurai swords. And do and it's like, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, you know, like, um, but then between two and three, they. I really feel like they hit their stride in three, where they were like, you know, two came out at around the same time as like GTA four. So, you know, you're, you're going to be drawing these comparisons. And I think for three, they decided like, we are not a Grand Theft Auto game. We are going to go so completely fucking over the top. (laughs) And there will just be no mistaking that we are our own thing. And I felt like the mix of, like activities and and just like violence and over the top goofiness and pull a wrestling move out of your ass while you're fighting guys and all that stuff and and the 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 missions and the the side stuff and all that stuff I thought was like was perfect um great voice cast really great memorable characters then they get to 4 where they're like fighting aliens because in 3 I think he became president then 5 it's like you're going to hell and it was like they they basically got to where they're like well, what the fuck else are we going to do we can't do anything else and i understand that but rather than just be like hey we had a great time with saints row let's make something completely new well here they go digging up the bones of saints row and what they came up with was it's the video game equivalent of an all you can eat strip mall chinese restaurant buffet where it's fine uh all of the dishes taste oddly the same i mean you can get full but it's not particularly satisfying um it's like it doesn't really have personality it it's trying to have personality in in the wacky oh here's a football bomb you know or or here's a whatever like you can pull out you know special takedowns or you can dress up like a taco you know and it just <laughs> It just feels like almost I, I don't know like they they just their idea of what's con- like wacky and a rev like I, you could definitely tell they were like look we can't have people beating people to death with a four foot long purple dildo like we just can't do and I get that right like that's I understand that but which I think game was this was this Saints five? Row Saints Row three you could okay. buy like a giant dil a floppy dildo. And you like Saints Row Three had like a lot of sexual undertones to it. Like you could beat somebody with a dildo. There was a whole side. There was a whole side uh, job where like you would pick somebody up in a car, and if you were especially playing co-op, one person would be driving and the other person would be like sexually gratifying them in the back of the car because the goal was you were you were you were getting blackmail material. So you had to like move the thumbsticks to get in the circles to make sure you were either blowing them or going down on them or whatever. While the other person was like driving trying to avoid the paparazzi. So every time like they swerved it made it hard for you. So like there was a and, and so you could tell you they were like Yeah, we're like we're just we're not gonna touch any of that stuff. 
And what they decided to do instead was just like, this person loves murder. And I'm like, I don't know if that's better. Like, you're just, <laughs> you're just saying, oh, sex is bad. But the fact that this person is like, I do love to kill a man. You're like, ah, it's not better. <laughs> like, but it's like, for one, this game should not have been released in the state it was in. Uh, it's just kind of, it's unconscionable by the, 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 a publisher to say yes this game should go out um it's had two patches um it's still broken in a lot of ways for example um there's some side activities that are timed and the timer could just not show up so you have no idea and and what's wrong with it is some of these activities are broken in a way that if you if it's broken the first time you're doing the side activity you don't know that it's broken so, for example, if it's one of these things where there's, like, a lot of the activities are the same. So, for example, there is, it's called, um, uh, it's like a crime scene cleanup. So, you'll go to a crime scene, you'll get a car, you have a certain amount of time to get that car to where you're dumping it, and you have to avoid the police. That's timed. There's another thing called Pony Express, where you'll you'll do, like, a, a, a drop-off. You'll do, like, a, drugs or contraband, whatever. You get in a car, it's timed, you have to avoid the police. The problem is, there's a bug, sometimes the timer won't show up. Well, if it's the first time you've done a Pony Express, you don't know that you're timed. You're just driving along, and then it'll fail. Right. Same thing, there's this thing, and it's from Saints Row uh, 3, it's called Mayhem, and the idea is that you work with an arms dealer, you're trying to sell someone on a piece of equipment, maybe it's a rocket launcher, tank, whatever, and you try to blow up as much shit, and, and you keep your, your combo uh, modifier, it goes higher every time you blow something up, and then you rack up enough money. I was doing one, I was in a tank, and I'm driving over things, I'm not getting any money, I'm driving over cars, I'm not getting any money, there's no cop showing up. If that was the first time I had done it, and I'd never done Mayhem before, I wouldn't know that it was broken. I'd restart the game, come back in, and then everything was working. And so there's things like that, and it's still broken. It, it It's like, there. I, I, I had a thing where I was driving my motorcycle, and there was a, a train in the air. All of the cars were separated, but still in a line. And as I drove, they would float in the air above me. As I was riding down the road, um, what? there's yeah, there's been instances where I've changed my outfit and saved it, and I come back in, and I'm still wearing something wrong, or the color choice that I've picked have have disappeared. There's a bug where the gun in your hand will disappear, but you look like you're holding it, and because if you're holding it, you can't talk to a vendor to clear your notoriety but you're not holding a gun so you can't shoot someone if the cops show up you have to restart the game like there's all of these things and it's still it now still after two patches and two three weeks out and it just it should not have been released in this state and it was reviewed on at least maybe the day one patch was out but it's like I don't think the publishers understand that, like, if you are giving reviewers a busted version of your game, that's what they're reviewing. That is the experience right. they're relaying to the consumer, and the consumer is making their decision to buy or play your game based on that. And it just, I, it, it, and it makes me sad because Volition has put out so many great games. Descent, 
Descent 2, you know, Free oh, Space. God, I love Descent. Fucking, oh my god, Descent was my shit back in the day. You know, like, Red Faction and Red Faction Guerrilla, then the Saints Row games. Like, this is a developer with a really stacked library of of games and and for this to be what is what they're going to be thought of now really makes me sad but also makes me angry that you know the decision was made and I don't blame the developers I I work in software I've worked in software for the past 20 years I know that decisions get made against the um suggestion or pleading of folks who know the status of the product and those decisions are made for business reasons and whoever made this decision felt like doesn't matter it's got to come out and i it it's such it's doing the game such a disservice now aside from that from a design standpoint i don't think the game is great it's fine like i'm continuing to play it i'll keep playing it but i'm honestly i'm playing it because right now like i'm just kind of waiting for gotham knights and ragnarok to come out um this is kind of like a summer game it just happened to come out at the end of august where it's like comes out in the summer you have nothing else to do so you're like fine uh (laughs) it kind of reminds me of the last crackdown where it was like it's fine like there's shit to do i'll fuck around with it but it's not like it's not as good as the previous ones and if i had something better to play i'd play it um that's that's kind of where it is but um because there's like i said there's so many activities that are the same you know those those two that I mentioned before are the same. There there's an activity you know where you have to steal cars for this guy. Okay, and then the cops try to run you off the road. Great. So you do that, and you're trying to weave through traffic with your stolen car. Well, there's another activity where you have to get uh, the the truck full of toxic waste, and you're weaving through traffic in your toxic waste truck. Okay, great. Uh, you know there's um, some of the activities are unique uh but a lot of them are just kind of retreads of the same thing and then the main missions is basically like go to a place kill a bunch of people get in your car drive to another place kill a bunch of people and maybe that's how the 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 last few saints Row games have been but it's like when you think of you know just so many other open world games and the variety of missions and and stuff like that and uh, I don't know. It just feels so samey as you as you go through it that it really just becomes like, all right, well, you know, it's just something to kind of fuck around with and um, tick some things off a box. I like. I thought when I got, it, I was like, well, maybe I'll platinum it. Aside from needing a co-op person, I was just like going through. And I was like, I'm not gonna do all this shit. <laughs> I mean, it's just not gonna happen. Um, and as I'm playing it, I keep saying to myself, like, just, you wanted to replay Arkham Knight before Gotham Knights, just stop playing this. And there is enough to keep me going, no, I'll I'll kind of keep doing it. But I think part of it's because I'm like, I have plenty of time. Gotham Knights doesn't come out till the end of October. Can get this done, then get Arkham Knight done. But <laughs> <laughs> so um and when like the trailers for it popped up, and I'm not like one of these people that are like, oh it's all these woke millennials. I mean the game's not woke by any stretch of the imagination. It's just not overtly sexual like Saints Row 3 was. And if that's your version of woke, the well, that's... Yeah. That's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
it's just more i was just like i don't know man it just doesn't seem like it has personality and it, what it reminds me of is the you know the meme the you know hello fellow kids like that's almost what it feels like it's like <laughs> uh i feel like you're trying to be like you know zo- zoomers and uh like appeal to younger generation and it just uh doesn't i don't know it just doesn't feel like it hits so. Well, you win some, you lose some. And, I mean, you game flight it, so. Exactly. It's not, like not like you're stuck with it, so. Exactly. Exactly. I uh, still say that you should you should give Sifu a try. I am going to, now that now that all of the, you know, the difficulty stuff, I, I do need to, to get in, into that. Um, I can tell you that I never would have finished that game if it was not for the, <laughs> for the student difficulty. Yeah. And that's, and I, and I give them a lot of credit for realizing like, well, you know, and that's the thing, it, the higher difficulty is still there for people who want to play it on the higher difficulty. But like if, if the ultimate yeah, goal, too. <laughs> yeah, if the ultimate goal is to get people to play and enjoy your game, then I don't see what the harm is. in. I mean, obviously it, it's all dependent upon the resources of the studio and whether they can allow, you know, for, for that. But, you know, if at the end of the day, the goal is to get people to play your game and enjoy it, then there's nothing to be harmed by giving people options to play your game and enjoy it. Yeah. Th- that kind of brought to like, like my whole thing with Returnal, like Returnal is a great game. It is, it is an awesome game. Um, but I'm still stuck on the second biome. Yeah. Because I, I, it's, it's it's too hard, right? And so I take something like Sifu, which they said, okay, well, you know, we wanted the game to be this and this hard and this difficult, so that when you feel like you, you know, so that when you pass a difficult part, you get a good feeling about it. But then at the same time, I think they recognize, okay, well, we do want more people to play the game, and we're kind of freezing some people out, right? Right. So people aren't going to try it or whatever. Right. Same thing with Returnal. I mean, you know. And it's kind of a shame, um, you know. And House Marquis has has said this, you know, over and over. He said, "Okay, we're gonna we're not gonna reduce the, the difficulty, but we're gonna we're gonna change some things around. Mm-hmm. We're gonna give you co op. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we're gonna you know change the way some of the some of the malignancy works and that kind of stuff. But we're not gonna reduce the not gonna reduce the difficulty of the game. Right. Which is kind of I mean. I guess uh, you know the whole the whole get good son thing only goes so far, you know, right. whatever. And you know, but I just kind of wonder, you know, what else is in this game, you know, because of how much I like it and how amazing I think it already is. What else am I missing out on because, you know, over right. you know a run where I'm lucky for most of the run, and then, and then I get, get hit by like up. a revenge bullet that I didn't, yeah. didn't even know I picked something up that caused that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I still my my take on all those games, and will I will continue to hold this up as I think for me how well the game was done is Hades, where there's modifiers to make it harder, yep. and you get rewards for making it harder. You can also there's modifiers to make it easier, and you are telling the story. And Returnal does that in terms of telling the story as you progress through. But Hades is not 
the the goal of Hades is to see the story. It's not to there's not some arbitrary bar setting where it's like we're trying you're trying to show how good people are. And if people want they can make it super hard or they can make it easier. And I loved Hades. Hades was my favorite game of last year in large part because of how accessible it was and how easy it was to modify things one way or the other. But also as you progress further and was able to, you know, unlock more weapons and see more of the story and talk to more gods and get more powers, like you wanted to, to move forward and experiment. And if, if you started to hit a wall, you could make things easier for yourself to get past that wall, but then bring it right back up and play with all your new toys. And that to right. me is, that's the, the, the part, the balance you're striving for is to give people the opportunity because just because they might need to lower the difficulty, they might not only need to lower it for that part and then they can put it back up. But even if they don't, who cares? And if they don't need to lower it, who cares? Right. And so the stuff I read about Returnal was was like, oh, hey, once you beat the second boss, you get the grappling hook. And then uh, once you get the grappling hook, when you go back through the first level on your next run, you can get this super awesome gun. Well, I was like, well, I can't even get to the boss. In the, <laughs> the right. <laughs> right. To fight whatever it is. Right. To get the grappling hook. Right. To go back to the first biome. <laughs> right. To get the <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, for me, it's one of those things where I just go, well, I, I don't know. I, I I I play games because I've got enough going on that's making my life difficult. I don't, I don't really have a desire to, I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody, and I don't care, like, I, whatever. Everybody, everybody comes to games for their own reasons, and if at the end of the day you're playing a game in a way that you enjoy it, that's great for you. That's perfect. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I don't have a plan on making things harder for myself just because, you know, just because. So, um, and if that means that there's certain things I miss out on, well, I, I'm not really concerned that at some point in time I'm going to run out of games to play that I like. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they're going to still, there's, there'll be something I can find. Yeah, I'm just like, if I get curious enough with, because I still go back to Returnal every now and then. Uh huh. I mean, I still get my butt kicked, but but I'm like, you know, if I really get to the point where, okay, I can't take it anymore, I got to know what goes on with the story. I got to know what happens. But I can't beat the game. What do I do? I was like, well, you know, everybody else puts stuff on YouTube. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And then another thing they did with Last of Us Part 1 is they removed the difficulty trophies. Oh, really? Like, oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, so you don't have to put it on, what is it, Survivor Plus? Right. It's a platinum the game anymore. <laughs> That's good. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, your thoughts uh, when everything, when you're done with everything. For me, I mean, it's just basically going to keep playing Saints Row and then, you know, I don't know. I'll, like I said, I think I'll probably replay Arkham Knight, my least favorite of the Arkham games, um, before Gotham Knights comes out. Um and then uh, in terms of movies, I don't know what is coming out to be able to say what I'll be watching. <laughs> I'm interested to hear what you and Mitch think of Love and Thunder. Oh! That's what uh, I'm waiting for. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I watched it this weekend. Uh, so I don't know, you you might not be waiting for that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
I yeah. have to hear what Mitch thinks. Of it. You guys have to talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think he's. I don't know when he saw it. I don't know if he has seen it. I'll have to find out. But yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, but uh, whatever it is, uh, hopefully uh, you'll be here with us. Uh, Mike, appreciate Jace. Uh, sorry, I, uh, you know sometimes we switch back and forth between gamer tags and real names. Uh, thank you so much for for sitting down. It's always so much fun to talk to you. Uh, you're welcome obviously whenever you want um so i appreciate you uh you sitting uh sitting in with me and uh yeah thanks shoot, for having me yeah shooting the shit and uh and uh listeners we uh obviously appreciate you uh spending some time with us this has been episode 155 divided by werewolves thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next couple weeks so for myself and jace thank you again good night and have a good evening <laughs>